Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. Another edition of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It's One Man's Opinion. Thank you, one and all, for downloading, uh, subscribing, telling a friend, just listening in, however you've chosen to make it a part of your day, this program. And the growth we've shown in 2021 is nothing short of spectacular. I want to thank each and every one of you for that, for downloading and listening and spreading the word. I am Jeff Manns. If you're new to the show, welcome. This is an unfiltered, it is an uncensored look at fantasy sports and life and everything else in between. So if you don't have the earbuds in already, or if uh, the kitties are around, uh, probably press pause for the time being because I'm going to curse. I'll say some things suggestive and uh and just flat out i don't know rude mean it's it's uncensored you know what that means so uh they act as if you're watching cinematics late at night and then use your best judgment in there uh, if you don't know who i am i'm jeff fans you find me every weekday afternoon on sirius xm's fantasy sports radio 4 to 6 p.m eastern hosting the elite sports show also hosted the sirius xm fantasy football pregame show sunday mornings with bob harris 11 a.m to 1 p.m eastern time i'm part owner and chief content officer of the elite sports network that encompasses fantasy guru.com elite fantasy.com elite sports betting.com. You can find me on social media at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter, the Jeff man's all one word on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. So a lot to do today on the program. Hopefully you guys are doing well after a holiday Christmas. If you are celebrate Christmas and Christmas Eve and, they had your family and friends and kids over and unwrapped presents and did drink eggnog, whatever you do. I don't know. Maybe you get high. I don't know. To each their own, right? But hopefully you guys all had a very healthy, happy, and safe Christmas holiday. And please do so in the new year as well. I'll tell you, for one, I can't wait to slam the door in 2021. In, in a lot of ways, shittier than 2020. Right. What do you guys do? You, 2020 better or 2021 better or worse than 2020. Both kind of suck, but th- this one, I don't know. I expected more. I expected more out of you 2021. I really did. And I just can't wait for 2022. Hopefully upward and onward we go. Just I'll tell you guys, I'm going through some shit right now, man. I'm going through some real shit right now. Um, I can't talk too in depth about it but i'll tell you i don't know what's wrong with people and i don't know what's wrong with our society all i gotta say is if you're one of those people that constantly want to find things wrong with the world and with people you know you should look in the mirror and you should also realize that everything everything that goes around comes around and we, we all need to be sure of it i need to as well when you get all Everybody wants to pretend they're a victim. Everybody wants to pretend something is so wrong and awful. That's fine if it's true. But I think a lot of people do it just to grandstand, just for attention. And you got to be careful because that shit's going to come back at you, man. It will come back at you and you will. It's just, it's no way to live for any of us. But 
Um, so I'm going through that. Obviously, I got some health issues that uh, I will deal with in 2022. I look ahead to 2022 not knowing what's in store for me. Honestly, it's the most I've never felt this way. I can't remember. I mean, I've switched careers before and usually an optimistic look at the new year. And I am pretty optimistic about 2022, but man, it's also a lot of bullshit to deal with a lot of baggage and again, health issues, one thing, and then dealing with just, I guess, I don't know how else the corporate shenanigans and things. I, I don't know what else to say. It's just real shitty of a of an outlook right now so uh more on that in the podcast to come that's for sure but uh anyway i, I did have a good christmas holiday i I'm sorry if i uh, planted such a damper on it i'll talk some fantasy football here i got to admit the starts and sits how can we really go through this right i listened back to episode 97 and what the fuck it's a disaster Half the guys I talked about didn't play, didn't matter. Other guys, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, Thursday, or even Friday, it's going to be outdated by the time we get to Sunday as far as the starts and sits. That's just the nature of the beast, right? That's that's the nature of it. People have gotten on me recently on the SiriusXM show. Why? Oh, you're not taking, taking start sit questions. What, what are you doing starting locking into your lineups on Wednesday and Thursday? What are you doing? You can't survive that. I made one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made this past week uh, in a playoff setting. And one game that hurt me, I started James Conner. Christmas, I shut it down for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And I mean, I did redid my rankings and projections Christmas Eve night. I went through all that and I set my lineups. I did everything and somehow still was not able to get James Conner out of one of my playoff teams and lost. I lost fucking what did I have 10? Yeah. I had still 10 teams live technically 11. Cause one doesn't go. So I'm alive in three, but I'm really only, al- I'm alive in two uh, playoff. I have two championship games out of 20 leagues out of 15 leagues that I made the playoffs in, which was, I thought was a great ratio. It's fantastic. And I just got my ass kicked the last couple uh, of weeks. It's been really tough. In fact, this was the toughest week I've ever had in fantasy football. All the way back, even when I didn't know what I was doing in the early 90s, mid 90s, no idea what the frick I was doing. It's nothing has ever been this difficult. Simply don't know if a player is used or not. I play in a lot of high stakes fantasy football leagues as far as season long is concerned. And those were impossible because you only could do roster moves twice a week in those on Wednesday night. And then again on Saturday and that's it. So, and and again, you just, you have to bid so many players, so many moving pieces that you don't know who you're going to get, if you're going to get anybody. And I got shut out in a couple where I bid on 12 players, but everybody is going after players. It was a nightmare. It just, it was about how lucky you got keeping decent enough players in your lineup and having actual players at every position. Cause a couple of mine, I didn't a couple flex spots that I just couldn't fill with. I mean, I filled them with freaking backups, you know, and just random players, but that's not it. That's not going to get it done. 
Tajay Sharp before the injury, right? I mean, that's not fucking that's that's ridiculous having to start him. If you didn't have first come, first serve waivers in your league, you somebody got trounced. And maybe it was you, maybe it was your opponent, but either way, it's not really good. I don't want fantasy sports to come down to luck. I don't like it. I want skill. I want foresight. I want good players to profit and prosper. That's what I want. And this year, not taking anything away from any of us who have done well, won a championship, won money. Absolutely not. You know, uh, championships, trophies, they last forever. But it, it has been way more, you've had to get way more lucky this year than in any year I could ever remember. Luck always has a, a spot in fantasy. There's no doubt about it. But it's not about luck on the field, which is the luck we need. We put players in the situations. This is about lucky having a player, having somebody not go on the COVID list or your opponents go on the COVID list. Like that is what we're talking about. There's 106 players put on the COVID list on Monday alone. And with the Christmas holiday happening on Saturday, you think Friday's not going to be a bloodbath? It's going to be a bloodbath. I'm telling you, it's going to be a bloodbath. I really foresee a massive week coming down to Pike here. So be careful with all that. Um, on the positive side, I had a good Christmas. Uh, I did was able to shut it down a little bit. Um, I, when I say shut it down, man, I still posted updates and did all this work, but I was able to get away. Although I was off social media and quite honestly, if you may notice at Jeff underscore mans, I've made my account private. Uh, there's several reasons for why I've done that on Twitter. Number one, one of my new year's resolutions is just to be better on social media and provide more and not get, you know, you guys have, those of you who are in the elite mafia, elitefantasy.com, fantasyguru.com, elite sports betting. I, some of you've told me and warned me for years just to not let the trolls get to me. And I, I just have a mentality, dude, where I want to attack. It's, it's not when somebody's negative for, hey, you recommended. Uh, who did I recommend last week that shit the bet? I mean, I guess the Jalen Jalen Hurts didn't really wet the bed. I mean, he did 16 points, but let's say Jalen Hurts for argument's sake. That I could take that. I'm fine. I, I totally understand. It's the bullshit. It's the you recommended fucking um, I don't know, Nikhil Harry. I don't know. And it's and I sit there and I, I'm like, I didn't do this. I didn't say that. I didn't recommend this. I don't remember talking to you or speaking to you. I don't know how this conversation happened. That's what just sets me the fuck off. I go crazy. I go crazy with that stuff. I do. And I need to be better. And I will be better. I'm going to be better. So I'm just, I'm weeding out the trolls. At this stage, you know, I'm here for those of you who want to hear me, those who want to listen we have a great community across the elite sports network. I really believe in it. I believe in you, all of you, our customers, our subscribers. There's just a great group of people. I mean, I'm so proud of those helping each other out. We had another $250,000 winner um, on our elitefantasy.com site this week. Um, uh, customer won $250,000. He number first place in the FanDuel Sunday Million. Right. And just did a, did a phenomenal job. And then, you know, our guy Sharkbait, who's been 
the hottest player in DFS. Uh, he just keeps winning $1,000, $10,000, $5,000, everything. It's just massive win, massive win, massive win. And I'm just so proud of that. And I love the fact that people are sharing their wins and victories with us in our Discord and posting screenshots in there. And it's just a better place to be. I go in there on Sundays and sweat it out with people and I, I shake the cage and tell them to fuck off. And I, I, you know, I get after people and I've had to kick people out of discord a couple of times here and there people get out of sorts, but you know, we let everybody back in. We don't hold a grudge. We're not, yeah, mm, I'm telling mom or dad or something. Occasionally they'll write uh, a support email, which I love because they go directly to my email inbox. Like, ah, oh, Jeff Mann's kicked me out of chat. He's a dick. I'm like, hi, how are you? But you know, but what I, I'm going into 2022, um, and it's funny because of the Christmas holiday, my wife and I sat down. We do Christmas massive. It's disturbing how much we get. We get gifts for everybody. We just believe in it. I've always believed in, I've been very fortunate in my life, as I talked about in the last podcast, where I've come from and things I've achieved. And it's, it's not a big deal. I'm not freaking president of the United States or any bullshit. I'm just a dude, but I've been fortunate. One in uh, fantasy sports provided a very good life for me and my family. And it's been an amazing ride. And I've always wanted to give back and try to give back and try to take care of the people during the, year you know at the holiday time that people that have helped me out all the rest of the year you know and something it's santa man's uh we did the santa man's and gave away money and subscriptions and all kinds of prizes you know on the live stream last thursday and i just like paying it forward but i think i've reached an age and a stage of life where i can't go as big as i used to and and going trying to do everything to everybody isn't getting me isn't fulfilling what I want to achieve, nor is it helping the people that depend on me most, right? Just trying to constantly promote and get new people and, you know, build the business up and and all this kind of stuff. It's like, I'm not, my heart's not in that anymore. I want to take care of the people. I've been on national radio for 12 years and been in the fantasy sports industry for 16 years and seven going at 17 years, actually next year, um, all that kind of stuff. And I, I want to take care of people. I have knowledge. I have the skill and ability to help people win this game, win at sports betting, sort of the new frontier, win at daily fantasy. And I want to just hone in on that, do baseball, do football, concentrate on that, concentrate on what parts of that I do the best and help people achieve their goals and their dreams and, and make some money doing it. It's, I don't want to grow. I don't want a massive Twitter following. That's why one of the reasons I've gone private on my Twitter, uh, just also it's a little bit of a game because I know a lot of people, I get stalked by a lot of people, a lot of people in the industry, just general. I made my account private less than 24 hours ago. And within, I think it was four to six hour time frame. I had 150 people request. Yeah, you because know, you have to approve. I have to approve all new requests. But which, by the way, I'll happily approve you. Happily, if you're just a regular a regular person, right? The, the thing is, there's a lot of accounts created December 2021 
no followers, following two accounts. And then they come in with the bullshit. It's just a professional troll. They're burner accounts. They're fakes. I'm not playing that shit with anybody anymore. You know what I mean? I'm just not doing it. Not, just not going to play that game anymore. And um, thus you have to follow to be a part of it. And if you want to, great. If you don't, no problem. But we're not going to let you stalk the timeline and come in and out and all this other bullshit when you don't make that minimal gesture that you're going to follow. So that's where I'm at with that. Um, you want to really hone in on the good stuff going into 2022 and eliminate the bad. And, you know, with Christmas and like I said, my, my wife and I talk about like we just too many presents going too many places, too many things to correlate and timing with all the shipping problems and everything. It was just a major ordeal. My wife's an amazing person that I don't know how she gets everything. I just say, do this, do that. that and she gets it all done. It's just incredible, but we just got to narrow things folk and focus more in on the immediate things, family, friends close to us, obviously take care of the people that take care of us too, but do it in a way that's much simpler. And um, I don't want to get into all the things we got or what, you know, got for people or whatever, but we take care of our own. And I think anybody that knows me knows that. Right. So um, it was a good, otherwise it was a good Christmas. It, it really was. And it's just, I'm great on Christmas Eve. It was just the five, my immediate family, my kids, my wife and I just to hang out. We don't get a chance to just be together. The kids are older daughters in law school, boyfriends and everything going on and their their friends and social clubs you know all these things that they're doing it's great to have everybody home and just sit around in our pajamas hot chocolate and you know fast food and um uh, and tv shows and christmas movies and things like that and play games and stuff it was a good couple of days had fun with the family on christmas day as well so we decided uh, part of it though is new year's. We're not going to go deep in new year's. I used to rage on new year's. Um, my biggest party holidays was always St. Patrick's day one. Like I used uh, Christmas Eve was a big one. The Wednesday before Thanksgiving used to be a big one. St. Patty is probably what I did the most. I got most crazy. And then new year's soon after that, uh, I remember some ragers. I used to get blackout after especially when i first started in fantasy sports and the football season would end right at the new year's like that day or that weekend or that week i would get blackout at our parties and just terrible and i'm you know again just th something getting older man i have a few drinks and you know stay but i want to stay at home just chill just relax and that's where i'm at right now and i'm, I'm not going to go hard at all that's why i'm doing the show on serious x i'm on friday new year's eve and um, we won't, we're moving up the content just like we did last week at elitefantasy.com, but um, we'll still have all the updates, all our normal things and their DFS cash game breakdown, uh, the updates, the cash game breakdown late night on Saturday night, New Year's Day night, going into Sunday and all that. So you guys don't have to worry about any of that. But I think it's, uh, yeah, just a sort of a forecast of what's to come for me, at least personally. In 2022, the uh, presence, people asked a lot of questions. I'm going to get to, I have some, a lot of ask man's anything questions to go over here today as well. 
So I'll do that. What's your best gift or whatever? It's a lot of great gifts, man. People are generous back to me. It's crazy. But got a, uh, my wife got me a PS5 and the game Madden Football, you know, Madden 2022. Now, my son has a PS5 and he's had it for a year and he has Madden 2022. So it's kind of a weird gift, right? That my wife would give me. And she says, This is how you relax. You need your own system and you need to sit and play this game to take your mind off after the football season, of course, to decompress. Cause she knows one of the ways I can relax, play video games. One of those things, watch movies, read and play video games. Those are the things that kind of chill me out. And it's been such a long year, difficult to keep up on a lot of ups and downs, uh, right. Both personally, professionally. And uh, I thought that was pretty good because that's one of those things where, my God, I do need to relax. And that's something I'm going to do as the NFL season winds down here in mid to late January and into February. And then just play some Madden football, which is also timely with the death of John Madden. I mean, that just happened uh, the day before I'm recording this and took us by surprise. I didn't for two months. I've been crazy about wanting to watch that all Madden documentary on Fox and Christmas holidays, just too busy just everything happened so fast and so, so many people coming and going i didn't get a chance i thought i'd recorded it and i didn't so i didn't get a chance to watch it and then it wasn't streaming anywhere and now he passes away and i mean john madge is such a pioneer and i said some words on sirius xm show about it and i'll say it here again for those of you who listen to podcasts is that this dude did it his way you know he was unconventional he wasn't the spitting image of a head football coach at Al Davis tapped him to do that job. Did it well, did it better than anybody else has ever done it. Right. And then in the broadcast booth, he wasn't supposed to be a broadcaster. Like he wasn't polished and, you know, oh, he, boom, drawn things up and making sound effects and drawn up plays at that point saying, yeah, on the telestrator, oh, he goes here and this guy's going over there. That was never done before. Yet he did it. He did it his way. And we all loved it, right? If you're my age or even if you're any age, it doesn't matter. Because if not, you played the video game like my 11-year-old son and loves the freaking video game. All his buddies, they play the Madden video game. And they learn about football that way. They've done such an amazing job with that video game, right? Where you, you learn types of defense. You learn hot routes. You learn audibles. You learn about defensive formations and the importance of offensive lines and all of this stuff. Um, and John Madden did it and he did it in a way. And it's, it's really a point that I've made going into next year as well, where I've never seen a season full of more people wanting to copy one another in my life. And it's something that I don't like. I don't like it. Um, I don't want to say I don't respect it. I don't, I don't mean to be rude to anybody. It's not that I just don't understand why we all have such a desire. And don't say not you because you're be don't lie to yourself. Worst thing you can do. Don't lie to yourself. Be honest. Why do you want to be like everybody else? Is this high school again? Like, oh, we'll fit in. The cool kids are wearing dark sunglasses because they saw Tom Cruise and Risky Business or 
your Z Cavariccis, because that's the cool thing. You roll your pant leg up or, you know, whatever it is, you wear hip hugger pants or skinny jeans or whatever the fucking fashion is. Why are we all trying to fit in so desperately? And again, we do this and it, it, politics started it all. Everybody has to be on a side. And there's only two sides. Nobody, even though 99% of us are in the middle, nobody can say they're in the middle because they have to choose a side. And then they pretend that we like everything about that side. And we're all lying. We're all just lying about it. We don't really, we just pretend. And if Trump tells you one thing, great. If Biden or Nancy Pelosi tells you another thing that, you know, you just believe all of it or pretend like you believe everything and no fucking way anybody does. You, you're an absolute idiot if you did, you know, cause you're your own person and you have your own beliefs and you have your own experiences and your own way of thinking and your own family and your own friends and everything. You are a unique person, whoever you are out there listening, we are all different so why try to be the same because you're scared john madden wasn't scared and we love him we loved him networks put him on and networks don't even put other guys like this on why you would think oh madden paved the way did he though no we get all cookie cutter it's the same shit how he broke through is amazing because it's all former players that go up into the booth and they all talk the same kind of shit. Now everybody's trying to be Tony Romo and, and do that because Romo did a little bit different and talked more about the X's and O's. And even he doesn't do that anymore. If you've noticed, I don't know if anybody's paying attention or we just decided he's the greatest broadcaster in NFL there is right now. Cause he's not, it was, eh, he's pretty good, but there could be better and it should be better. There should be fantasy players, fantasy folks that can talk about the fantasy element. They get officials in there who don't know what the fuck they're doing. Why wouldn't you get a fantasy or a betting or a gaming expert analyst to chime in and say, oh, it spreads down. They score here. It, this game is going over and 38% of the market is going to be affected or whatever. Like That's what should be talked about. What are we doing? What are we doing? Right? Why aren't we being unconventional? We all admire those that are brave enough to do it their way and go about it from Sinatra to, you know, everybody, the Beatles and John Lennon and you know, whatever the, the most beloved people in the world. I mean, hell, Martin Luther King, in, you know, innovators, people fight for rights and people change the world. We all love and respect and revere them, but we're scared to fucking death to do it ourselves. And in fantasy football this year, it's been the worst. Everybody wants everybody wants the latest thing. Trey Lance. I'll just throw that out there. You all want Trey Lance right now. How did I know? Because I'm a genius. No, I know because you're all doing the same fucking thing. The same thing. You all think Joe Burrow's great. And yet you've never, I've had Joe Burrow in the cash game breakdown more than any other quarterback this year, including Patrick Mahomes. And you never play him. You never play him. The DFS sites never price him up, never price him up. The reason they never price him up because you never play him. You never use him. And then last week, 9% of people only used him in the article. 
and somebody won $250,000. People won a million dollars with that, with Joe Burrow and that Cincinnati stack. So now what? Now you want to go get it. Get the fuck out of here. You're so, you're so stupid. It's so dumb. And you are, I am all of us. If we go and chase the thing that just happened, we're just so dumb. We are a dog circling, just chasing the tail, chasing the tail, chasing the tail. Stop it. You've lost. You missed it. Stop trying to think there's a wave and you're going to get in crypto people. You missed it. It's over. You did it. Bitcoin. You missed it. You, what you love, what you respect, what you want is to be involved in something at the ground floor and to ride it up and to hit on a player or an investment or a trend before it becomes mainstream. But yet you never do. You just wait till everything becomes mainstream. Then you just go to fit in. And it's a fucking pathetic culture we've cultivated here, folks. It just is. It really is bad. Um, getting back into it, um, like this past week, it was the most challenging week I've ever had in my career in playing fantasy football, just balancing everything out because everything changed so abruptly and so wildly, so vastly. And if you don't think so, you're one of those players, obviously don't pay attention in the trenches. We had uh, Christmas, the day after Christmas on that Sunday, like Quinn and Williams went down for the jets and that, put me on James Robinson who ended up tearing his Achilles and screwing me out of cash games. I lost cash games this week because of that. But Quinn and Williams going down. Most people didn't even know that happened. If you weren't paying, cause he's a defensive tackle. You think, well, what's the big deal? It's a big deal. Jets think against the run anyway. And taking him out is unbelievably bad. Unbelievable. So that would have been a monster game. And it wasn't because because of the torn Achilles, obviously. But it's just, there's so much. Cornerbacks going down. Offensive linemen going down. Uh, those of you who are subscribed to EliteSportsBetting.com know I had the under in Jonathan Taylor. And, oh, my God, he did better than I thought. Mostly because he had that 43-yard run at the beginning of the game. But I bet the under on his rushing total, or his total yards total, 122 and a half. I cashed that shit easily, baby. Easily. I bet Cortland Sutton over two and a half receptions. Why is he priced down? Because Bridgewater's not quarterback anymore. These changes impact all these other elements. Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Eric Fisher, all three offensive linemen for the Colts were out. And you thought he was going to just tear it up against the Cardinals? No. He ran for 100 yards, and kudos to him. Did a, did a great job. The offense line kept them in, in that game, and I mean, Colts won the game because the Cardinals fucking stink right now. But Taylor needed 27 carries to get that 100 yards, and he still finished almost 20 yards short of the mark. Pretty easy cash uh, winner on that under. So paying attention to what's going on away from the skilled position players or how you make the money, that's, that's what great DFS players do. That's what great sports bettors do. That's the, what they are paying attention to. They're not worrying about oh, Joe Burrow's great now. So we're going to go chase Joe Burrow. It's over. They did that last week. Winners did that last week. They're going to move on to something better this week that you don't even know about. But on Monday, you'll be saying, oh, I can't wait to play X guy next week. Because we were talking about Joe Burrow. We've talked about him for six weeks in a row on EliteFantasy.com. In a fucking row, we keep talking about him.
to the point that everybody was bored. Again, not a lot of our subscribers used them. Some did and won big money. I didn't use Joe Burrow this week. I used Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah, I didn't even know my GPP line. Who the fuck did I have? Who did I have in my GPP lineup? I had one good GPP lineup that actually cashed minimally, but it's high stakes, so still was able to double my money. Who the fuck? I didn't have Burrow. Dude, I'm blanking. I'm already on to week 17, y'all. Just week 16 hurt my brain and my loins. It just hurt. I, 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 I bailed. I'm on, tw- I'm on the week 17 of I'm balls deep in the slate already. I think I had Stafford. I got to look this up now. Now I'm dying for it, but either way you guys get the idea. Um, but that's, you know, back to John Madden for a second and I'm racing all over the place here, but do it your own way. Be yourself. The world will love you, especially when you're a good person and you're constantly there. I mean, John Mann's the backdrop for so many Super Bowls and huge games, turduckins and Thanksgivings. And, you know, all he did was be himself and show up. It's amazing how those two characteristics are completely lost on our world right now. Nobody's be, is themselves. It's, it's almost the point we can't be yourself. You can't be yourself. Being yourself gets you canceled. Being yourself gets you fired. Being yourself gets you ostracized and uh, abused on social media. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, you got to be brave, braver than ever to just be yourself these days, even if you're a good person. Because even if you're a good person, if you spoke your mind, it's not okay to disagree. And those of you who think that you talk about socialism and communism and these things that are out there in the world or have been in the past, you're not even talking about the right attributes. You're talking about completely different things. You think healthcare is a problem? Healthcare is not a fucking problem. Not at all. Healthcare. You think, you think universal healthcare is a problem. That's not a problem. That's what people brainwash us to think. And that's a problem. Problem is we all fucking need to think alike. Otherwise we're canceled. That's the fucking problem. Right? How long before one person swindles all that up and we're all marching in line? That's the fucking problem. Guys got the, you guys got the right things that you're talking about, but you're wrong shape, (laughs) wrong shape entirely. Anyway, um, that was that. Yeah, John Madden, a true legend, and uh, he'll be missed forever. Did so much to build the modern game. It is just absolutely astounding when you get into it either the video game commercials miller light remember those madden crashing through the wall like kool-aid man and the broadcasting element the coaching element just everything i mean super bowl wasn't that big when joe john madden was chasing but he talked about it every year the raiders got beat usually by the steelers and afc championship games in the 70s early 70s and he just won that super bowl super bowl didn't even have a halftime show it was not that popular <laughs> it really wasn't, um, but he wanted it. It was what he wanted, and he talked it up and part of what made it so big. And then, of course, as a broadcaster as well. Uh, let's get into I've got a lot of Ask Man's Anything questions here, some left over from last week, some from this week as well. Uh, let's dive into it, everybody. 
Uh, so people, Jeff, discussion on how to build lineups around all this COVID uncertainty. Bob Gillen asking that on Twitter at Jeff underscore mans. Just request if you don't follow and I will approve you. Just want to make sure you're not a bot, right? Just don't be a bot. No bots. That's what I don't want. Um, how to build lineups. Be flexible. You know, one of the reasons I'm successful at daily fantasy football and continue to be in baseball too. Two sports that I do very, very well. I dabble in hockey and basketball. I'm not profitable on either of those sports. I, I hit a 10K basketball uh, GPP shit five, six years ago, whenever it was. Um, that's my big claim to NBA DFS fame, but I'm not good at it. I concentrate on what I know, and I have a system. And that's what those of you who come over and subscribe to Elite Fantasy – uh, that those of you who subscribe for me in particular, now we've got a great team that do things a lot of different ways, whether it's by optimizers and projection based and, you know, showdown slates and they build line, they play tournaments and all this, you know, it's all great. And if you're one of those players, you know, we got you, but if you come over there for me, it's sort of, it's my way, right? It, it's my system and i will i am bill belichick or um not that good though we'll say whatever it is uh, you know any marginally john madden you're gonna i'm gonna build my team my way i'm going to do things my way and things are gonna fit within my system and that's how i play that's the single entry 50 50 80-20 bankroll breakdown, all these things that I talk about in our strategy sessions from June through January in, in football, all that stuff. But it goes deeper than that. How to build a lineup? Every week I go through, I have 30-plus spreadsheets, all with my own rate, unique rating system. Those of you uh, that you're familiar with it by now, if you read the cash game breakdown, I share my cornerback ratings. I share my offensive line, defensive line ratings. And then I, you know, project those out and I make tweaks manually override some of the projections because projections are stupid and good players don't base everything on projections unless they just, they're building tons of lineups. I don't build tons of lineups. So every week is a unique type of build and the roster build is what's important every week. We fans and, and casual players, we think it's the players. Well, player, this guy won me this. Joe Burrow won me this. No, no, he didn't win you that. What won you that is you deciding to pay down for quarterback or to best in the Bengals Ravens game and, and sort of, you know, have a stack with Burrow Higgins and Chase. That's what won it for you. The player is just the object. That's just a, a caveat. You know, we give a lot of credit to the light switches and, you know, light switch and plugs and outlets in our homes. We don't talk about the conduit. We don't talk about what delivers that electricity, that current to those entities. We, that's the important part, right? And you could swap out a switch or light, light bulb, light fixture, any of this thing. You could do that easy, but you can't rewire your house easily that takes a lot of doing and that's the hard part you got to lay that foundation once you have the foundation just swap a fucking plug out no problem See, those are that's easy 
And so when you talk about how to build lineups, you know, you have an idea. I want to build around, uh, I'm, you know, most weeks, I won't speak even for this week yet, even though I'm pretty deep into my research and, uh, and all that. But um, I will say that I don't, I'll pay up for quarterback. I'll pay up for tight end. That I'm going to do. I can't miss on those positions because tight ends, there's such a wide discrepancy between the haves and have nots, Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, Gronk, all of that versus your fucking CJ Uzama, Ricky Seals Jones, Brevin Jordan, Jared Cook, you know, randos. The Austin Hooper, yay, he scored a touchdown, but it's only 11 points. So, who, you know, it's a fart in the wind. Who cares? Same with quarterbacks. You can't miss on quarterback. Just can't. And I'm not saying you can't pay down. Like when Burrow was 7,100 last week, you know, that's why he's in the write up. That's why he was my number two quarterback because cheap, but still in a very back and forth game. So it's the outline that's important. Then you just swap in players. Okay. And you swap this player for that player. Okay. Well, here's what I'm going to do. If I'm paying up at those positions, I'll use this week's player pool just for the hell of it. I don't want him. So the, the surest thing on the board this week is Josh Allen at quarterback. The surest thing. All right. Now he's also the most expensive thing. So you got to take that for what it's worth. You know, Burroughs relatively cheap. Matt Stafford, who facing Baltimore, who just lost Anthony Averett and um, their entire defensive backfield. It's an absolute shit show. Dak Prescott. These are lower price guys that, are pretty damn good and you balance it. All right. So let's say I'm going to uh, Josh Allen. I'll just say that I'm going to pay up for Josh Allen at quarterback. All right. What to do if he goes on COVID or let's say two of his offensive linemen go on COVID or three of all, you know, saints have had that Colts just had it this past week. Then, then you've got to pivot. But if I've built my lineup where I think Allen's great. So I'm paying down for wide receiver running backs and some other positions. Well, then I could just go, all right, well, I'd go to Mahomes against Cincinnati, get Kelsey and Tyreek back, you know, good, good spot for him. CEH down um, likely out this week. So, okay. I'll just, I could pivot there and it, it's totally fine. So it's, you don't lose the build of your lineup. Right. So it's the structure, it's the foundation, it's the framing. The players just go inside your system. You know, players are just those light switches. What you need to do is lay the conduit. You need to bend it, shape it, move it around, get the wires to there. And then you just put in those players. I hope that makes sense. Hope I answered that question a long time on one question. Um, Let's go to um, uh, Jose Pena wants to know. Could be its own episode, an intro guide to high stakes leagues for newcomers. Oh, that's, a, that's a good one. Ooh, it's tough. Uh, modern day with NFFC, FFPC, NFBC, all the you know baseball and football high stakes leagues I play in all of them. It's so tough because they don't have first come for, for one. Some still use kickers. They all still use defensive special teams. I really don't like it. Uh, don't like 
either one of those positions, but you got to do your research on that. Um, it's not that much different. It's just, you feel different playing it. The better high stakes players are the one that are, that don't feel threatened by the moment or the amount of money you're playing for the potential payouts. Like you don't just get worried about it. It's just another league. It's just another time. It's just another thing. And that's the most important. And then, you know, preparing for your draft the way you normally do the biggest element, the most important thing at the high stakes, because there's no trades. Okay. Everybody is paying good money, whether it's a hundred dollars or $10,000, they're paying good money to, and money that's important to them to play in these leagues and that they're paying attention. So you're not going to be able to get everybody you want off waivers. Waivers are the most important element of high stakes fantasy sports, football or baseball. They are the, that's the most important element there is because you will have to be able to outbid players and you have to know when to hold them, when to fold them. Do I go all in Eli Mitchell early in the season, take my shot at a starting running back for San Francisco, or do I wait and sort of pick apart different free agents, hope for another, you know, Alexander Madison in a, a couple of weeks that whatever, you know, you got to pick your spots because in home leagues, the biggest difference is you're in a home league with your buddies. And if you've had a lot of success, I said this on the Sirius XM show the other day, and I mean it, if you've dominated your home league for years and years, and I mean, you've won, if you've even won 50% or more of the time, won the championship, your, your league isn't competitive. That it doesn't, it fails to showcase you. You're, that doesn't mean you're a good player. People have a hard time with that. What it means is most likely once we get to Thanksgiving, everybody in your league gives up and they don't take it as serious as you. And you're just beating the shit out of people who don't care. That's what it comes down to. In high stakes, you're just not going to have that advantage. If you're the guy that always, you know who you are. If you make this trade, you're con- if every time you get hurt and everybody's doubt with COVID, you just know, oh, I'll just go out and make a trade because you know you just pull the wool over all these guys' eyes. You'll never admit it to them, of course. I don't even know. Some of you don't even admit it to yourself. But you think that's your saving grace. If you're used to falling back on that, you're going to have a much tougher time in a high stakes um, game contest because you can't make those trades and everybody's doing waivers every week. So everybody gets bit up and you have to be very sharp and you have to manage what situation. That's why the way I play fantasy football in the seasonal environment is again, my foundation, my way of doing it is very different from others. I believe in the coaching. I believe in the systems. I push the pedal down on coaching and systems. Why did I get Eli Mitchell in a lot of leagues early? Why was I able to, why did I go so hog wild and bidding on him? And good Lord, dozen leagues, because I wanted any chance at the San Francisco running back, any chance. And if that was a different running back, I was out on him. Why was I in on Justin Jackson last week? Because I believe in that Chargers running back. Same way I did with Eckler. Talked about Joe Lombardi. Go listen to the previous episode of this podcast, Chase the Chargers. Go listen back to it. Listen to the um, Chase the Chargers from this year and buy the Browns from last year. You know, the 
I think we hit the, it was episode 72 for those scoring at home. July 1st, it launched. Talked about them all the way back then. And I think we hit a home run with it. I think we really did. Both years, we smashed it. We did well. And we got people on players that others didn't. We were there first. And then, so that's what, in the high stakes community, that's the thing. That's how I play. I, I'm going to go all in. Justin Jacks, Alexander Mattis, Eli Mitchell, all in. Indianapolis, if Taylor went down, Marlon Mack, all in. Do I want Las Vegas Raiders backup, Peyton Barber? No. Do I want Jacksonville's backup? No. Do I want, did I want anything to do with the backups to Derrick Henry? Absolutely not. Um, Saquon went down. Did I actually was, had some like for Booker, but I didn't go hog wild on it. No, not going all in on those. Miami, no. These situations, I'm not, I'm not, I don't believe in it. Even if there's a player doing good work and producing, I don't believe in the system. I don't believe in the coach. I don't, if I don't believe in that system, I'm, so that, that's the way to play high stakes, in my opinion. All right. So there you go. Talk 49ers running backs. Northern Wisco wants to know the 49ers running backs next year. Yes, running the scheme is lights out, but the prototype speedster they draft do not hold up. Trying to handcuff for two to three. Uh, listen, is Shanahan going to be around? We think so. We think he will. What about Mike McDaniels, his first year's coordinator? They're happy with that. Also, what happens with Trey Lance? I mean, Trey Lance got to be the starting quarterback for 49ers. That takes away from the starting running back. So we've got a lot of questions on there. So that's one of those I was way in on this year. I'll say arrows pointing down on the 49 running backs. As of now, I think Eli Mitchell, rookie. I mean, think about Eli Mitchell, everybody. Um, was this guy a sixth round pick? I believe this past year, they're paying him fuck all. And that's exactly what you want. That's what Shanahan's. I mean, Kyle's not the first to do this. His dad, Mike did it. Go look at the late nine. Look, go look at the nineties Broncos. Terrell Davis was a uh, undrafted player, six round draft pick, I think. And then after when he went down, it was Mike Davis and then oh, Mike Anderson. I'm sorry. And then it was uh, Orlandis Gary. And then Tatum Bell was a decent draft pick. So was Clinton Portis, but Ruben drones, like you just keep, cycling through these running backs that you don't have to pay them. And when you don't have to pay them, it's a fantastic thing. So, yeah, I think that it's Eli Mitchell's the guy. Why wouldn't you? They had capital and Trey Sermon, but you don't need to mess around with that when you have a six rounder for the next three years. So he would be the guy, although I say arrow pointing down uh, as of right now. All right. Um, yeah, that, that, uh, that's where I'm looking at for the 49ers next year. Let's see other uh, – do, 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 what uh, – uh, let's talk about football being a dying sport. Oh, interesting. Do you really think it will be around in 100 years, 50 years, so much working against the concussions, injuries, least guaranteed money of major sports, diluted game, too many rules, politics, the field, viruses, war, economy, Jesus. Um, I mean, it's a great – topic will it be around i mean 
100 years, shit, dude. I have no idea. None of us know what the hell is going to happen in 100 years. So in 50 years is impossible as well. But I think football will remain in some capacity. I think the things working against football are none, almost none of the things you're saying. Injuries and concussions, there's always been injuries and concussions. I, that's, that's all the bullshit that people want us to be worried about. Nobody's worried about concussions. They say they are. They're not really. All right. It's a brain injury. Right. But you see it. If they were really worried, you, I see a guy get his bell rung. He's in on the next play. Another guy's out for three weeks. It's, they don't take it seriously. I, there's no way to make football a pleasant game. Will it eventually become flag football? Yes, probably. I think that's eventually where they go with it. You know, you have to get the flag out or something, you know, some whatever is invented where there's something part of the Jersey that tears off and adheres. That will be the the long-term future as they get rid of it. But football will be around. And for the meantime, um, right now, football is a weird game. All sports are like this where we're seeing all former kids kids of athletes offspring everybody's a junior everybody's a second third fourth it has become like that because football specifically is a low-income sport i grew up around football um i grew up around baseball but i grew up i grew up playing football every winter we beat the shit out of each other and it was never even thought about concussions yeah broken arms shattered my arm i talked about six places i broke my left arm Made me a right-handed person. Um, it's just crazy it, you, because you didn't care when you're wealthy or hell. If you're when you're smart, when you have other things going on in your life, you don't need to play football. Why would why subject yourself to tackling? It's the same reason nobody cuts their own grass anymore or does their own landscape. I mean, some people do, but not nearly that many. Right. It's just not, it's as long as there's low income folks and somebody who needs to fight and play to earn a living and to have a job, those are the people that are going to play football. Those are going to be people that gravitate to football. Really, athletics in general are like that. But, you know, we're in America, that's what it is. Um, I also think that football branches out nationwide and nationally a lot bigger as like baseball has baseball. Very few Americans play baseball. Oh, everybody plays it, but we're not any good at it. Most, I think well over 50% of baseball players are from South and Central America, um, Asia, huge with baseball, you know, a lot bigger than America. We play it little league. We pretend we pretend our little leaguers are professional fucking baseball players, but they stink. So, yeah, that, I mean, so it's not a dying sport. I mean, you know, baseball's got a lot bigger problems, a lot bigger problems than football. It really does. I think basketball's the next hot sport. Um, in 20 years, basketball will probably be the most popular sport, maybe even sooner. Um yeah, that's the way it's going, man. Because, you know, again, I have the football, baseball was always the most popular sport when I was growing up. It was America's pastime. Now, as we sit here in 2021, 2022, 
football is really America's pastime because all those of us, we remember John Madden fondly. We, these are the guys we remember, you know, very, very well. And that's our childhood. We grew up with football. The Super Bowl is the biggest event. It used to be the World Series, but now it's that. And I think the generation that is, you know, between newborn and coming up or, you know, or under 15 years of age or under, they're all into basketball. They love hoops um, and, and the NBA and high flying and three point shooting and all this, that's fast action type games. So I, I think basketball is the next big boom sport. Uh, do, 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 why do we have ties in NFL? No fucking idea. My favorite matchups for the week. Listen, we want to be involved in Kansas city, Cincinnati. We want to be involved in, in Miami, Tennessee, low scoring, but, or I'm sorry, low total expected in that game, but a very competitive game, competitive games, drive up scoring. You got, for those of you betting on sports, betting on football, you got to understand that games that are not competitive do not go over the totals. Arizona, Dallas, we want to be invested in though. That's a competitive game. LA Rams, Baltimore, that should be competitive. That should drive up scoring. Those are the games you want as far as the overs are concerned, New England, Jacksonville, um, who the fuck are the jets playing again? A uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah. These are games. We want the unders. We they're not going to be, we think because the matchup is so good and so easy that these players are going to pr- perform well for fantasy, but we've realized that over the years, that's not, that's doesn't, it's not true. And that doesn't happen. All right. Um, all right. So there we go. I think I have a lot of uh, your questions answered there. Um, bum, bum, bum. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of specific questions to this week's games and slate. I understand real quick. I'll go through my stardom sit So I'm lower this week for those still playing on, uh, on Trey Lance. As we sit here right now, they're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo possibly playing, the reason they're even entertaining that he's not going to play, it's going to be Trey Lance against Houston, but they're trying to fuck around uh, and mess with Houston a little, little bit. The thing about it is they need to win and they don't have confidence. Trey Lance throwing the football. Will he run? Will he be a decent fantasy asset? Yes, but he's a clear quarterback too. If you're trying to start Trey Lance over Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Matt Stafford, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, as much as he is, even Jalen Hurts, you're just, you're begging for a loss in your championship round. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, so I'm sitting him, sit, sit in Taysom Hill against Carolina too, if at all possible. Um, Carson Wentz is likely out this week, but if he, he could pass protocol by Sunday morning, if he does, he's a top 12 guy for me. I'm just, I like him more than the Taysom Hill Trey Lances this week, everybody. So um, all the rest, you should know who to start at quarterback running backs that I'm into this week. Uh, Sony Michelle, of course, I'm not worried about cam Akers. Do not even think about cam Akers. Don't put them on your roster unless you're in a dynasty or a keeper league. I do like Rashad Penny a lot against Detroit. I'm speaking of that game. Deandre Swift should be back against the Seattle Seahawks and definitely a top 15 guy this week, James Conner against Dallas, uh, Chase Edmonds against Dallas, depending on what happens with Conner, 
I like Connor over Edmonds, but if Connor's out with a heel again, all in Chase Edmonds uh, for sure. Saquon Barkley against Chicago. That's going to be a snow-filled game against a defense that's completely obliterated. It's also the place where Saquon tore his ACL last year, and now you're going to get the weather. I'm going to be curious on what happens. I got him inside the top 20, but it makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, I'm going to sit. I'm going to start Daryl Williams. I'm going to uh, – I'm, go- oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to start Daryl Williams. I'm going to sit Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb, I'm all in. Hunt is back for the Cleveland Browns. Will he usurp him at the goal line? Very possible. But it's been a while since we've seen Kareem Hunt. It's a good matchup. I still would be very, very tough for me to start him at anything other than a flex play in fantasy football this week. I like Boston Scott for the Eagles over Jordan Howard. I don't think Jordan Howard ends up playing. If he does that Nick neck injury, that still worries me worried about how long he would be able to grind it out quite honestly the wide receiver position i'm starting christian kirk i'm starting marquise brown russell gage i'm on ross st brown against seattle i'm going to start him brandon cooks is back remember for houston against that 49er secondary definitely starting him uh van jefferson against baltimore absolutely odell beckham absolutely i'm gonna bench cooper cup no i'm just kidding joke jokes people come on have a it's the holiday season. What's wrong with you? Um, I like Cortland Sutton. Drew Locke starting again for Denver. I hit the overprop on him last week. Uh, I like him. I like Cortland Sutton. In this matchup against Chargers defense that was fucking destroyed by Davis Mills. Destroyed. And Rex Burkett. Uh, Yeah, I'll take. Uh, I will take my chances on Cortland Sutton as a flex option this week as well. Tight ends, you know, starting. Here's the thing. If Trey Lance, George Kittle could have a monster game or he could do nothing. He's the toughest tight end of this week because Lovey Smith plays cover two. How do you beat cover two? It's the tight end seam route. You, you bust it right up. That's it. You get behind the linebacker and right between those safeties. If the quarterback can hit that play with the, the speed and athleticism of a George Kittle, it's donezo. It's absolutely donezo. George Kittle's coming out party like three years ago. Garoppolo wasn't even the quarterback. It was Nick Mullins. And Nick Nick Mullins played cover two after cover two after cover two defenses and shredded, shredded defenses with that play. That's where George Kittle made his nut. So I love him. Kyle Pitts, yes. Dale Scotter, yes. Zach Ertz, yes. Mike Kosecki, yes. Noah Fant, yes, believe it or not, this week. Dawson Knox, yes. Jared Cook, no. Ricky Seals-Jones, no. Evan Ingram, no. Cole Komet, no. CJ Uzoma, no. No on all of those. So there you go. Um, Let's get into our survivor picks. Boy, you're still in it, folks. Mine are done. Uh, One, well, I chopped one. I got knocked out. But if you were paying attention to my survivor picks all year long on EliteSportsBetting.com, how about one fucking loss? That's pretty good. Had two losses in my entry number two, all in a row, by the way, and then haven't lost since. Pretty freaking good runs here, if you ask, if I do say so myself. My number one this week would be San Francisco 49ers. I've not used them yet in any capacity, so if you're still going, that would be number one. If you have used them, I think Seattle over Detroit. Detroit's got 
two, or I'm sorry, three corners out this week. Three of their top four corners out for the Lions. I mean, not that the Lions are any good anyway. And yeah, Seattle just lost to Chicago this past week, but this is all, this is a very good chance of being the last home game for Pete Carroll and or Russell Wilson. There's a lot of emotions running into this game against Detroit. They're going to beat them. So 49ers first, Seattle second, my bet of the week. Well, all I could tell you is these lines are going to change dramatically. So if you're listening to me and it's still at six, I like the Indianapolis Colts right now. Um, six and a half, damn it. Six and a half over Las Vegas. They just got their entire offensive line back, including Ryan Kelly, who he and his poor wife lost a, a child. Just a tragic situation. He's been away from the team for the uh, last few weeks. Getting him back against the Raiders at home and Quentin Nelson back. Now, we'll see. Carson Wentz has a chance to uh, suit up in this game as well. If Wentz was there, this would be an eight-point spread. Um, there are two play at Circa and Superbook right now. This spread is only two and a half in favor of Indianapolis. FanDuel, DraftKings, Caesars, all six and a half. BetMGM, six and a half. So... I'm taking my six and a half in the Colts. I'm just telling you right now. And uh, it'll be a big Jonathan Taylor. If you're Jonathan Taylor in your playoff games, or your championship games, yeah. Upset of the week. <laughs> Give me the Dolphins. I think they make it eight in a row going over Tennessee. Tennessee, a huge win against San Francisco Thursday night football last week. But this is a different type of contest. I, I thought the 49ers came out and really handed it to Tennessee and then just put it on cruise control the rest of the way Miami's hungry team playing tough and it's one of those situations where as I look at the standings in the National Football League right now and I keep going back to the AFC South like Tennessee can't win this thing the Indianapolis Colts are clearly the better team clearly the better team and clearly one of the best teams in that conference it's going to be whoever has to play the Colts in the the AFC playoffs could be tough, but I somehow feel like there's still a chance for the Colts with uh, uh, getting, you know, a, a win there. And then, you know, coming down the Texans, will, the Titans will have to beat the Texans on last week, which they do. And they, if they do that, they clinch. Okay. But I think they make it interesting. It goes down to week 18. So give me the Dolphins over the Titans there as well. That's my upset of the week. And uh, that's going to do it, everybody. We want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Make us part of your day. It's very appreciated, folks. I don't know what 2022 is going to have in store. I don't. I There's a chance that there's some big news breaking uh, for me personally this week. Uh, we'll see how the week ends up going. I hope everything stays status quo. I like everything that I'm doing. But mind you, the goal for 2022 for me from content perspective, baseball and football, get into, you know, talk about betting, much more sports betting concept for me this, this upcoming year and more programming, more of these episodes coming forth, more content at, on our network. All right. And we are doing some things at the elite sports network. I've mentioned them before. I can't officially announce anything on this regard, but we are going to make it a lot easier and we're going to drum up new programs, new shows. I have a new show premiering late January of 2022. 
exclusively on our network. So I've got that going on and we're going to do a lot more with those of you who want the content and want this. And we're going to be much more hands-on much more. I, I feel more helpful, more educational, more informative than we've been in the past, at least for me, I'll, I'll say it's from my own personal perspective, that's my goals going into this year. A lot of you have supported my work for a long time and you have no idea how much I appreciate it. Cause I do that support means the world to me and I will not let you down. You back this horse and I'm going to come through for you. I will, I will that or I'll die trying. And I mean, literally could happen. I, I will fucking fight to the death for you guys to make sure you're better, make sure you get better, that you profit, you make money, you win championships and you have fun all along the way. That's what we do at the elite mafia folks. We are family and we support our own each and every one of you appreciate it guys, please no drinking and driving been there, done it. Very unfortunate, uh, no DUI, lucky, no bad accident, but my God, don't do it, folks. Uber, Lyft, designated driver, friends, walking, ride a fucking bike, I don't know. New Year's Eve, get as wasted as you want. Have fun, but do it safely. Do it securely. Be good to one another. Be good to yourself. I want to see each and every one of you back here next week in 2022. Big thanks to all of you. Big thanks to our producer, Sean Angle, for producing this program. Everybody who's been a guest on the show in the 2021 year, everybody who's listened and downloaded and subscribed, we do so appreciate it, everybody. We uh, will see you next year. Ha, ha, ha. Big joke. You may disagree with some or all that you heard this episode, and that's perfectly all right. Why? Because you know why. It was just one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuces.